Welcome to True Health Live, your favorite public health podcast. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and audio on your favorite podcast platforms. If you're interested in public health, then this is the space for you. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to True Health Live. Hopefully, you can hear. Can you hear me? I don't know why. I just okay. Cause yeah. All right. Peace, everyone. <laughs> How are you? Welcome to the space. Welcome to True Health Live. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are filtering in, but this is also a podcast. So for those of you who are looking at this later or catching this um, podcast broadcast at a later date, we want to welcome you to the space. Um, so tonight we're actually going to, you know, in in uh, observance, I guess, right? Or I don't want to say honor of, but in observance, it is uh, May is Mental Health Month or Mental Health Awareness Month. And mm-hmm. uh, we kicked it off with our discussion on spirituality, you know, and talking about uh, uh, Emilia Kara Eden's book on spirituality um, and how to move through that, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But um you know, it's really important. It was really important that we kind of like fell in line with what's happening in um, the public health zeitgeist, if you will. So tonight is about workplace toxicity. You know, we've all experienced it, whether we have been the victims of or perpetrators. Let's keep it real. Um, and so we, we invite everybody to share their stories, um, whether it's your story or something that you know of, Right. Um, you uh, you can share anonymously, so we'll definitely put the link in the chat so you can join us on 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 stage. Uh, you don't necessarily have to turn on your camera; it's fine. But we want to make sure we hear you clearly, so just make sure your microphone is on. So before we get into it, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. As many of you know, myself and Amy uh, Akira Eden, Precious Stephanie, we are part of a community on the Life Global Ministries, and we do have a retreat coming up this summer. And so we are inviting everyone to visit anulifeglobal.org and sign up for the retreat. It is open to families. Anu is about family, or if you don't have a family, we will be your family. Um, This is the space that you want to be. Our retreats are so much fun. Um, If you like kickball, right. If you like kickball, we you know, we have some competitive folks in the space. <laughs> Not me, though. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I know how to play that volleyball. Volleyball, obstacle courses, fishing. Um, you know, we didn't even, we have so many things. Sometimes we don't even get around to doing it. Uh, we are going to be doing some beating and a whole lot of stuff um, uh, at the retreat. Um, and speaking of beating, I think I announced we did do a beating workshop um, from Deidre Sully Public Health Consulting. So we partnered with the YMCA. It was amazing. So for those of you who are interested in crafts and helping that to reduce your stress, you can visit us on the website um, and we'll put the website up later. Um, but definitely come to the retreat. It's a good, 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 good time. Again, you can visit anulifeglobal.org and then you can click on the picture it'll be the first one as soon as you sign on to the site and then go and look at the frequently asked questions um, and find out and one thing that you know I think it's important to say the retreat is all-inclusive with the exception of your travel it is an all-inclusive retreat so definitely make sure you check it out the other thing that I want to make sure that we 
um, get in front of you is our red wrap drive. So as many of you know, I'm very, very um, excited. And I've always uh, been really like, this is my baby. Um, uh, working with the Anu Life Global Ministries and do, and having the, the opportunity to do the red wrap program or ministry, excuse me. And we have, we currently have our menstrual hygiene drive coming. So for those of you who um, are really um, passionate about uh, reproductive health, sexual reproductive health, menstrual health, we encourage you and implore you to donate, donate, donate. You can go to onlifeglobal.org backslash red wrap and you can um, visit our site to either donate via GoFundMe. If you click on the link, it'll take you right to our Amazon wish list and you can donate that way. Or you can send your donations directly to the Diaper Bank of North Carolina because our upcoming events will be in North Carolina. So we'll be meeting um, with several sisters on Wednesday, May 24th to do the packing event where we get everything together. And then on May 26th, we'll be working with the Raleigh Rescue Mission to hold an event. So make sure you visit so you can sign up to either volunteer to come and help us pack or you can donate. The other part that I want to talk to you about are the books. So here in Anu, like it is all about making sure that we are entrepreneurs, right? So as I stated, there are books. So I'm going to let like Yakira talk about her book. Um, it, 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 it is, was appropriately and timely released, uh, during mental health awareness month. So it is the scriptural guide to overcoming seven mental ailments. So yes, peace. I am, uh, Ima Yakira Eden as previously mentioned, and I'm really, really grateful for the instruction and guidance and support. Um, that led to this book being published. Um, it's available on Amazon. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can download it there or you can um, order a paperback copy. Um, in the Scriptural Guide to Overcoming Seven Mental Ailments, I actually delve into things or themes such as worry, fear, angst, um, loss, and even mental fog. We go through a series of scriptural examples of how these ailments or challenges have manifested or shown themselves, and also using scripture to show how you move past it and how you overcome, right? Um, and then, you know, I am really active and love to do yoga. And so, of course, there's the Alpha Woman Now um, YouTube channel where I have yoga. So there's also yoga or movements or asanas in the book, along with activities, activities that we do within our community. Some of the activities are directly as instructed by Chief Yuya with links to how you can follow those steps and, and move past fear, even writing, you know, writing your fears, a breakup letter, a Dear John letter, and the corresponding command the day where Chief actually talks about fear. Um, so grab yourself a copy, share it. And if you do get a copy, um, please, please give your feedback, share in the, in the review section on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> good thanks. Good thanks. Um, and also, as you know, like there is uh, my ebook that is available for everyone, the 10 points in public health. So we all about public health up in these here, in these parts, in these streets. 
Um, so make sure you go to DeJaselli.com and download your free copy, and it will open you up to so many more uh, public health goodies on the website. Um, so speaking of, you know, ailments and things like that, you know, there are many things that cause ailments, right? And some of them, um, some of them physical, some of them mental. And so today... We, or this evening, we're going to be talking about those things that, that kind of affect us, and not even kind of, that affect us in the workplace. Um, and again, whether we have been perpetrators of, and let's, let's be honest, or the victims of. So, that being said, um, Enrique, even why don't you hit us with, you know, what, what does it mean? What's a toxic workplace? And while she's doing that, everybody start putting some of your toxic workplace examples into the chat. Sure. So a toxic work environment is one where employees feel disrespected. We're going to talk about that. Bullied, overworked, and stressed. Um, When we think of the term toxic, right, you often think of like chemicals, right? Toxic chemicals or toxic relationships um, or toxic environment in general. The toxic piece is always acknowledging something that is harmful. Um, or that is, you know, disturbing your balance, right? It's creating stasis. So it's putting you in an off-balance mental state or even physical state. If you have a toxic chemical come in contact with your skin, you oftentimes know, right? <laughs> because you'll, you'll, you'll feel burn. You'll feel, yeah, you'll feel itchy, <laughs> right? So Ernie. that, yeah, yeah. Itching or burning? Yes. <laughs> oh no, I was going to make a different kind of word combination. It's going to come out a whole other word. <laughs> okay, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but that that is that is what we're going to get into, right? What that toxic workplace looks like, and even just the idea of how oftentimes, even and I know we're going to get into it, but how those microaggressions. Um, contribute to disrespect. And I was just focusing on the disrespect because that was like one of the first, you know, examples given in that definition. Um, But even bullying and what that can look like. And it's not always from, you know, superior to the subordinate or supervisor to the, you know, subordinate. Um, As we get, as we get information coming in, I'll actually share, uh, it was disrespect. It was bullying. It was, it was, it was completely toxic. Um, and I'm sure many of you can relate as you climb that corporate ladder or whatever ladder, if you are, let's see, because now my mindset is so much on a lean to, to entrepreneurship, right? Let me, let me see if it, it would apply even in the realm of, of entrepreneurship, because it's, there's still, you know, relationship building and coalition building, um, that is required. Um, but I remember entering the field of quality, uh, healthcare quality. And, um, it was my first job with the state and my, my interest was never really in making friends at work, but it's a nice thing to have, you know, people that you can connect with. Yeah. Like it's a good thing to have. And so I made a few and they, I would say that my colleagues were always much older than I, than I was just because of like the track that I was on professionally. And so this older woman, 
female. Um, we became really, really good friends, like at her house, all sorts of things. And then our supervisor was promoted and he transferred to another hospital. It happened to be the hospital right next door on the same campus, just a different building. And he let me know that I would be functioning as the supervisor for some of his previous departments, one of which was her department. Mm-hmm. I let I I thought I was a good friend. I gave her a heads up, like, hey, this is coming. Like, it doesn't need to change anything. You know, I'll have my role, but we can still be friends. This is what I'm thinking. She started acting like a fool. When I say a fool, she was nasty. She did she intentionally would not submit reports on time. And I was kind of in this conundrum, like, do I tell now my boss, right? Do I tell, do I say something? Do I do the work myself? And ultimately I was like, no, this is bullying. And it was disrespect. Like everything we enumerated down there, I felt it. Um, So what we wound up doing was having like a a meeting, a mediation type meeting, um, because our former supervisor knew that like, Y'all were good friends. This doesn't make any sense. This woman sits in the meeting and says, well, I really don't think she's qualified. (laughs) I don't think she's qualified to be my supervisor, nor do I think it's appropriate because she doesn't know my specific domain. Um, And Yadi went, she went off. Did she apply for that job? She did not. She just did not want me to be her supervisor. And so she pulled on every bully tactic possible. And for me, what it empowered, it it taught me some lessons. One, about how I navigate that friendship role in the workplace, Um, because Mm -hmm. I definitely moved very differently. I still maintain a cordial work environment. Um, you know, I may have gone to the outside events at that time, but actually I I wasn't going to your house and you're not my friend. <laughs> but <laughs> but I also in that particular scenario, I had to take something that could have been a very toxic workplace environment and find a way to create balance, to to create a, a new balance. Um and it really took cultivating the soil, like really just pushing the, the, I would say, you know what, it took emotional maturity. I had to be mature enough to say, okay, these pieces are just me, the human me wanting to react to my hurt feelings, poor, poor me versus the charge. What is the mission? What am I, what am I given the opportunity to do? And how do I, how do I move past what's mm-hmm. happening? Um, and so you know, I think it's really beautiful that whenever we can take those tenets of Anu thought, right? I know you touched on some of the upcoming activities, but also on the website, there is the Anue Foundations, which lays out exactly who and what we are. And a piece of that are the required qualities and being emotionally mature, being able to um, parse your reactive desire from which true which truth in the moment is a part of how we can actually surmount the toxic workplace environment <laughs> yeah well i'll say priya knew that was not my <laughs> not, 
<laughs> Were you a petty well, you know, penny? Come on. <laughs> no, but you know what? No, like you said, like, you know, I, I, I don't think I would have, I would have called it being emotionally mature then, but in order to move through some of those situations, I did have to take on some emotional maturity and also and meaning whether it meant like, you know, alter my own behavior and recognize mm -hmm. how I was contributing to the situation, but also be receptive to what somebody's telling you, right? Because just because you don't like what you're, what you're being told or what somebody's saying to you, doesn't mean that it's incorrect or doesn't mean that it can't help you. And so I had to really, you know, and it's like, well, if you want to move forward, if you want to climb the ladder, there are things that you're going to have to listen to, to people who were further along and have been where you are, uh, where you are now. And if you want to go where they are and even surpass them. So, you know, and also like understand they have a charge. Okay. So how can we do things so that you can meet whatever it is you need to meet and I can do whatever it is I can do. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't have called it emotional maturity, you know, then, but it was like, I, I have to do something. I have to get past it because it's also not a good feeling. You know, you wake up and it's like, I don't want to go to this place. I hate this place. You do everything to not be there, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you actually end up suffering by engaging in the toxicity. Everybody ends up suffering. Um, and and you brought up something that I, that I, I, I want to talk about. It's like the 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 dynamic, right, between friends, work friends, when one becomes the subordinate or the superior. You know, and so that that always can be like a tricky thing. And we did get a story in today that kind of um, and it's anonymous, you know, that kind of goes through that. But first, I do want to acknowledge the chat. Peace, everyone. Busy in there. It's busy in that chat. <laughs> for joining us. Uh, peace, uh, Margie Marie Art. Welcome. Welcome peace, to peace. Peace, Master Manulek. Peace, Aquia Visa. Um, Margie Marie R says, beautiful book. I received mine in the mail on Yom Rishon. Yom Rishon is first day, also known as Sunday. Um, and have recommended it to my co-workers. I'm looking forward to diving into Thank it. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> um, so like says, sometimes I spike the workplace coffee with hot sauce. Does that count? Yes. <laughs> that is passive aggressive. If this is true. That's bullying. <laughs> that is, and, and, and it is, and it is. I wouldn't even say microaggression. It is bullying, but passive aggressive can be aggression, bullying, aggression. But, right, right. I mean, but I was like, well, if they don't know he's doing it, then it's like sneak. Sneak aggression. Sneak is aggressive. Sneak is aggressive. Sneak is aggressive. <laughs> we have coined a new term here on True Health Live. Um, peace, Naya. Peace. Welcome to the space. Yes. Uh, peace, Lo the Scholar, also known as Aki El Karai. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, he says, who bullies a woman named Precious? All the Precious I knew were bullies. Uh, well, well, now we have divine names. So we have moved past those points. Um, <laughs> Arlene Adams, um, how are you? Thank you for joining us. So um, I'm going to reset the room real quick and just let everybody know that we are um, talking about toxic workplace environments. And so everyone is always is invited to share and so um, the link is in the chat. It is in there now. The link is in the <laughs> chat for those of you who would like to join us and share your workplace toxicity story, or even if it was something um, that you witnessed in the workplace, because not all the times are we, you know, um, 
firsthand uh, people, you know, directly um, impacted. But being that it is in the workplace, you can be indirectly impacted because toxic workplaces create high levels of stress due to constant conflict. Um, it could be unfair treatment, lack of support or recognition, um, characterized by like, you know, harassment, negative behaviors. It could be hostile, even violent, you know, um, bullying, as as uh, Ima Precious, Ima Yukira, excuse me, said before, discrimination, pressure from the job, you know, things like that. And they can really lead to psychological health problems like anxiety, depression, insomnia, mm-hmm. even burnout. So, you know, and, and I know like, you know, for those of you who are listening on LinkedIn, you know, definitely come and share some of that uh, information. Um, before, did, I was going to read it, but also I'll share, I don't know if I have, I don't have a story, but I will say that like, I've been a perpetrator. So, and I'm- Oh, gonna, okay. That's a story. That's a story. I mean, and, 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 and because it, it's like the response thing, like how you were talking- you know, um, I don't like who I have to report to now. So I'm just going to like kind of stay in my own world. And like, I don't, and I guess it was kind of like the woman that you um, had, were, were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it like this, you know what? It is a story because it actually has a happy ending. So um, I was passed over for a position. That's why I asked, you know, like, did she apply for the job? So I was, a, I was passed over for a position. And so the person that came in, while he was cool and everything, I was just like, I'm not trying to do too much helping because, you know, there were other things where it was like, you know, this is, this is like the same old story. It's like, I got to train you to do right. the job I'm already prepared to do. So, you know, there's already those, you know, that feeling of angst, even anger. And so it's just like kind of standoffishness, which is a microaggression, right? So, it was, and, and I want to say that because like a lot of times we hear microaggressions, I, I I always hear it in the context when it comes to the DEI, you know, when we're talking about that. And it's not always has to do with the diversity, equity, and inclusion area. Sometimes it can just be microaggressions because you don't like the way that something has played out. Right. So I didn't like it. So I was very standoffish. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he did? He took me to lunch. And so we got, and you're like, I like him. But so we got. <laughs> He knew your love language. He's like, I'm going to bribe this chick. <laughs> right. And an interesting love, he's vegan. <laughs> Look at that. Look Hilarious. At that. And so we had, you know, lunch and he was telling me about some of his experiences and like, and, and something that came up, he was like, you know why kale is, you know, uh, being sold? And he was like, it's because the kale farmers. And I was like, really? And so in this, like, as we're having conversation, you know, I'm learning some things. I'm like, all right, maybe not that bad. And then um, another way that we kind of became closer, which was interesting, and I, and maybe this was like toxic too, it was actually um, sending an email jointly because someone had sent something to us based on a project that we did and we had really worked hard on, you know, to get to, you know, a certain place and um, someone else did not like that they were not included. So then we, then we became... <laughs> Allies. Allies. It was horrible. It was horrible. So like through that, like, you know, through being like somewhat toxic, you know, to someone else, it was like, all right, let's, let's not do this to each other because we're on the same team. And if the 
goal is to win and to do well and to show that we can do this, then we have to be on the same team. We have to be on the same page. And also because if you're not, it actually can, you know, have a negative impact on the culture of your organization or the culture of your program. If, you know, from the top isn't together, you know, because, you know, what do they say? If, 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 what I, I'm, you know, I'm bad with saying it's like, if the fish is poison, if it's sick, cut off the head, something like that. Or if it, if it comes, you know, whatever's happening is coming from the head. It's coming from the top down. So like, if, you know, if you can't get it together. I think how- it's the, the, the fish rots from the head down. I think, <laughs> I think because if you like, if I think, and I, I think that I'm going to give my supportive statement because like, if you, if you're, when I, when I would shop for like fresh fish, my grandmother said, you always look at the eyes, ah. if the eyes are milky, then you know, the fish is no good. So it, but like it rots from the head and then it kind of, that yeah i mean but it always like filters top down when it's a hierarchy if you can't get it together at the top if you're not organized then it's going to seep and and kind of filter down into everything below that and then that's no good for anyone so um we we really became like allies and and instead of being like toxic to you know this other person it was more like let's protect our team Mm -hmm. so not be not continue to engage like who's in this email right now and then then it's like all right (laughs) you know put up the fence (laughs) so um so that's like you know a way and so that kind of like ebbed and flowed through different kind of ways where it was like me then it was us and then it was somebody else but it's like the way to move through it was like all right we are on the same team so some and, and and it may not always work out that way it really may not um, and because it depends on the type of toxicity that you're experiencing. Now, if it's something like harassment, like sexual harassment or discrimination or or um, hostility, just hostile workplaces, it's not going to necessarily work out like that. And there are different um, kind of avenues that one should take, like sometimes and especially if it's getting to the point where it is having an effect on you physically, you, there are um, um Oh my gosh. Resources. Sometimes yeah. your job gives to like your PAP. Oh, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Peace, welcome. Peace. Um, there are resources that you can get from your so, like, employee assistance. Um, oh my gosh. Help me. Well, there, well yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's the employee assistance program. There's oh. also affirmative action, which right. I dubbed in one of my roles. I had like so many hats, but one of those roles was um, affirmative action officer. Of course, now there is, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is the DEI officer. Yeah. Um, but there are always resources. Um, and I think that, you know, we're always about empowering and, and offering tools, right? And so one tool that that I that I I think is really important when you're navigating a toxic work place is to be sure you maintain a journal. Make sure you keep copious notes and records and recognize that um, <laughs> this this is kind of tricky. Um, oftentimes a person will say something is discriminatory, but you should know what the EEO, what the Equal Employment Opportunity um, Laws state and and recognize what what is actually <clears throat> 
what is actually a discriminatory act versus just a grossly inappropriate workplace violence and perhaps against your your agency's policy. Those are important tools to have because that can help determine whether you have something that, you know, can be resolved over a lunch or, you know, if you're a supervisor, you're experiencing something that should be resolved over a lunch versus something where you may want to pull in your HR representative or your affirmative action officer um, as an ally to kind of say, hey, I think this is going in this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same would apply if you are the, you know, the subordinate experiencing something, whether it's peer to peer Um, You always want to maintain a journal that is kept outside of the office. Yes. (laughs) Be in writing, especially if it's gotten to that point. Um, You should always, and and I've been through those situations as well, where every interaction, so, and if something was on the phone or held verbally, you need to go and sit down. And so you, because everything is going to, your recall is precious right after a situation and you need to write that down so that you can document everything. Yeah. Um, I know there was some activity in the chat. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and it, and, and, and I guess uh, Akuya will join us. Akuya Sutherland. So come yes. on. <laughs> so while we're waiting for her to come back, we'll go to the chat. Shalom Sovereign East. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Nice you right Naya Master Man you like doing sneak attacks that's exactly what the sneak attack with hot sauce willfully is not like hot sauce made from habanero peppers because that's just mean um Arlene Adams says it's sad when people associate their job title to their identity um that's where they find their value within themselves yeah because it's like how many times have someone has someone said who are you or you heard question asked who are you and then the the answer was what they do you know and I've I've done that you know sometimes I say I don't know you know you have to be honest about like what that is who you are is not the same as what you are right um that's says "Mm," they also say if it walks like a duck and looks like a rhinoceros called Ghostbusters (laughs) (laughs) who you gonna call I guess so yeah sure Um, Arlena says, this is toxic because their success or failure is based on their job instead of the job just being a source, right? Like a means to an end, which is why entrepreneurship is better, right? Because then, um, like, it doesn't mean that you will be immune from the toxicity because if you're an entrepreneur, either you are providing services via contract to someone else or, um, which means that um or you're working for self right but it still means that there is some engagement oh we loved your plants why'd you move but there still means that there's some engagement with other people so there's still it means you still have to navigate the um you know you have to navigate the the characteristics the personalities of others who are outside of yourself so that's where you have to start like you know being emotionally mature put yourself in someone else's shoes before you like immediately respond. Think seven times, you know, because a lot of the times we have to realize we have to take a step back and think, am I contributing to the toxicity? If so, how do I stop? And then how do in in order to eliminate or remove myself from the situation? And the truth is sometimes it means just leaving, you know, no, nothing is worse. You know, you becoming physically ill because of, someone else's action that's just not cool 
So I'm going to pause the story that was sent to us. Um, and I'll wait since we have a live person, you know, to share this story. So welcome, Aquia Lisa. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. Peace, ladies. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> yeah, I had to move from outside because someone's dog was barking and I didn't want to disturb the, you know, the program. So I decided to move really quickly. But I wanted to kind of touch on uh, just, you know, go back because you guys were just discussing, uh, you know, um, about workplace toxicity. And that is a subject that we cover or I cover in some classes that I teach um, I facilitate a class called um, Assault Response Competency Course, and within it, it talks about different types of workplace violence, um, and there are four different types. And um, it sounds like, a, because the toxic environment cannot, is not just only with your coworker, but um, <clears throat> but it is, and the ones with the coworker are, are they're, they're called lateral, I believe lateral, um, um, yeah. Workplace type three, as a matter of fact, and it's coworker to coworker, and um, that could be. And 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 I'm speaking particularly in healthcare. And again, Ima Yakira, excuse me, yeah, Yakira Eaton. I'm sorry. You got it. <laughs> um, it may not just be with um, superiors. You know, mm-hmm. it can be doctors and nurses. Um, or, you know, supervisees to staff, but then also um, peer-to-peer as well. Um, and then also it, you can experience patient to coworker, um, excuse me, patient to uh, staff as well, which is workplace um, violence type two. Um, and then moving along, uh, Yafe, when you spoke about, you know, that resolve. And one thing is... Um, that we also talk about is to report it. I think you mentioned it too, Yakira, to report it. And, you know, OSHA has standards for workplace violence. Um, And so we often have to, or I find myself having to encourage a lot of the nurses or other healthcare staff to whatever the documentation that you need to do, go ahead and, you know, do that documentation, but there are many who decline to do it um, because it happens all the time, Right. you know, but also they're not informed um, either. Um, if the if the course for you to take, you know, this training course um, is required for you to take through hospital facilities, that means that there is, you know, an organization that's monitoring that. And um, I like to help um, healthcare workers feel empowered, like, listen, you can report it and you can even follow up with what the investigation is going to be, you know, and if you're not happy with it, go to the organization, (laughs) you know, and there are other um, outlets that you can utilize as well. You know, I I love what you're sharing and the perspective that you're coming from as you're talking about the, you know, the hesitance to report. It makes me think of uh, a sub a subheading that that you that I used to use to help empower staff um, when I functioned as affirmative action. But honestly, I used it just in my general leadership style. Mm -hmm. So. Once what what employees may not uh, understand sometimes, especially the aggressor, is that once the complainant 
um, files the complaint, the moment you do anything that may be perceived as retaliation, you now have, you can now be charged as um, creating a hostile work environment by way of retaliation because the paper trail has begun. So if I change, just sticking with the field of, of healthcare, if I change your shift, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. if I change your assignment, all of a sudden, if I make any sort of, I reject or revoke some of your requests for time that may have already been approved, or I reject a request for time that were pending approval, but I don't give appropriate rationale, you can then say, hey, I initiated this complaint and now I believe that I am being retaliated against. It actually gives more credibility and more credence to the initial complaint as well as um, it it requires your employer, right? And now I mean the overarching entity to hold that supervisor or or peer um, accountable because now we're talking like an actual lawsuit. So I, I... Again, I think that we have to offer tools. And so be empowered, report, keep going. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, and, and sadly, a lot of people think that um, it, there's nothing that's going to be done. And and sometimes it is not, you know, especially if you're dealing with the doctor. Oh, that's just how the doctor is. And, you know, it, and no one wants to, you know, stand well, up and say, no, yeah. this is not. This is not okay, you know, and I won't tolerate it. And I want to go through, you know, those steps um, to ensure that this doesn't happen again. And I also encourage healthcare workers to use the word. This is workplace hostility. Please, I I will not accept the way that you were speaking with me. I will not accept this bully. This is bullying. Like when you start naming and using these terms and uh, and other people understand that, that you recognize what these things are, something different happens, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, something different happens, but moving along, um, Yafe, um, I do agree at some point, you know, do, are you, are you going to stay in this environment? You don't have to stay, um, in this environment. And what I'm also finding amongst nurses is that there is a major, um, what a, shall I say, migration or the great re- resignation, many nurses are leaving the bedside because they don't want to tolerate it or they're standing up and saying, we, under these terms, you know, we, we're, we are going to work um, under these terms. So, yeah, the other, um, the other version of that is the, the quiet quitting where people just kind of like sink into the back for whatever means necessary. Like, I'm going to take FMLA and just, like, not be here for a while. Or yes. I'm going to, you know, take my PTO. Like, or I'm going to take a leave of absence. Yes, <laughs> take a leave of absence and don't, and don't return. Kind of, like, let this one filter. Peter on out. Let the Yes. Kind of yes. But it had to be brought to my own attention to leave the bedside. I'm so glad I did. Sometimes I try to picture myself going back and I think about those hours. I'm like, oh no, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. But um, I've seen, I have stories. I actually have, more, I've seen, you know, there are stories where you, either you experience 
um, you know, toxic, toxic environments or bullying or where you observe it. Um, I even find that a lot of people who observe it, they won't even do anything, um, you know, or say anything yeah. about it as well. As I think about my own story, I do have one that I've observed, if you don't mind <laughs> me, you don't mind me sharing because uh, I, I, I have to dig deep um, because it's been a while since. I think those type of things happened to me when I was a new nurse. Mm-hmm. But as I gained more knowledge, you know, it happened less, less and less. But I remember when I was at LVN um, many times, uh, many times, well, some years ago. <clears throat> and um, I actually, a co-worker, um, there was a co-worker and, and she and I were very good friends. And um, LVNs are under the supervision of RNs. So um, the charge nurse had informed my coworker that she was going to be getting an admission. And my coworker wasn't happy about it at all. And uh, she kind of stomped around, you know, body, her body language just, you know, displayed her um, disdain about um, receiving a, another patient. And finally, uh, when it was close to the time for her receiving the patient, she in the hallway confronted the charge nurse and was loud and um, very intimidating, uh, was was posturing. And, and, and she's like, what, five, nine, and the charge nurse is a, you know, little itty bitty, you know, and, but she was posturing and, and I watched all of this. And um, when she finished what she was saying, cause I didn't want to interrupt in the hallway, I took her to the side and, and I said, you are absolutely, you were wrong. Like you should not have, have done that. Uh, I don't see what the problem is in receiving an admission you know, and, and there are plenty of people that could have helped her with it, but the charge nurse was so upset. She went to the back room and actually cried. And I felt so bad. And, 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 um, I, 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 I was disgusted with what she did. And she thought that the coworker thought I was, well, you're taking her side. No, this isn't about sides. You should not have approached her. If you were, if you, you know, did not like that, you could have taken her to the side and maybe, spoke to her, let her know what your assignment was like, if it was a high acuity or, you know, it was a heavy load. But she just went ballistic um, on her in the hallway in front of other other staff to um, someone who is the superior, you know. So, um, yeah, that was very disheartening uh, to see that. So, And I know you touched on, you know, in front of other staff, but I'm I don't know, maybe it's the healthcare leader in me, but I'm thinking also in the presence of patients, because even if they're not witnessing it, they're hearing it. Yes. Um, and just thinking about how that impacts one's ability to heal, right? To 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 do better or to feel better when when you're experiencing that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but kudos to you for for being that advocate in that moment and you know, and calling yeah. out what wasn't right. I don't have a problem doing that. I did not have a problem doing that, you know, and honestly, um, I will say, I'm going to be honest about myself because in the class I asked, well, you know, be honest and transparent about if you've ever been the culprit. Mm -hmm. So I know that I've, I've been on the other side of that. So like knows like, 
right? Right. And and I checked her. I was like, no, you were wrong. Like that is that is wrong. That was what you did was absolutely wrong. And you know, sometimes um, you know, you come in with your guns loaded and you just you know, because you you put this protective barrier because no one wants to be bullied, you know, stepped on, taken advantage of. Right. And um, and so you you come in with your your guns loaded, which which you shouldn't. And she just felt that that was the way that she needed to express herself. And, and that was yeah, that was wrong. Yeah. And, and you know, it, and it, it goes to show like this is why we have to be cognizant of like the difference personalities and where people are coming from and some of that is like the the DEI like so we can kind of understand how different people respond to different mm-hmm. things even though her response was that maybe who she did that to the young the the smaller nurse who she did that to she needed a personality like yours who understood what they were looking at to check mm-hmm. right um and and it would be great if like you had that kind of ability in all HR departments, because you may not have that with your with your lateral colleagues and what. Right. Like it was amazing that you're able to do that and see it for what it is and respond appropriately. Um, and then and again, and it goes to that I the 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 reality of like sometimes we're the culprit, and then calling out like no, this is what you did wrong. It's not about taking sides. And then kind of seeing also like the maturity level of different people. Like we might all be adults, but not everybody's at the same maturity right. level growth, you know, as they, as we all move through this path. And so sometimes we need a little help to be reminded like, no, that's not, that's what you do when you're in high school. Maybe you can respond like that. And even then it's never okay to intimidate someone just because you didn't like something. If your life wasn't threatened, you know, your child wasn't threatened, you know, there's better ways to respond to something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to mention in the chat real quick, um, Master Manuel says, I've seen a lot of these, a lot of tense relations, relationships change for the better when it changes from me versus you to me and you versus the problem. Right. You know, like figure out what the real enemy is or what the real target is, because it's not always has to be an enemy. It could just be what your target is and what, um, as you say, like what the charge is. Um <laughs> Dear Diary, Karen from accounting was being real snot snooty today. <laughs> Sometimes it be like that. Sometimes yes, like that. and that happens where you have someone who's nitpicking. You know, you want to nitpick until it's it, until it's time to really deal with um, what we re- you the real matter at hand. You just want to nitpick off of some little admin stuff, but you know when yeah. we're dealing with a patient, then. You know it's okay. So yeah, there and there are there are some Karens around. In fact, actually, yeah, I I as an LVN, um, I was under the supervision of a charge nurse, and she was definitely a Karen. So much so that I, I was um I would like perspire before going into work. <clears throat> I was high anxiety. I hated to go into work. Um, and I felt it, you know, in in my body because she would nitpick about everything. There was nothing that I could do um, right. And and during those times, I didn't know about. Um, well, you 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 know, you're told about an employee handbook and what's acceptable and what's not. But again, I didn't. Um, I didn't read it, and I didn't know that okay. what I was feeling was harassment. 
You know, they just give you the book, sign the book. Right. You know, <laughs> until something happens. And even then they don't read it. They just go straight to a person who can right. talk, tell them what it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why what you do is so important, you know, being that, that nurse educator and, and being that voice to say, hey, you know, I didn't do this. So now you you should be empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what we're going through, I just want to highlight uh, are some of the examples of what it looks like based, based on some of the readings and stuff that we did to prepare for this, some of the examples of a toxic workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to touch on some of the ones that we may have mentioned and some that we, Can I pull up some things too that I haven't shared a little, little in a little bit? Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, so we haven't got into perverse, pervasive office gossip, but that can really okay. So look, I'm gonna leave that one up to Ema because I know <laughs> I'll leave that one up to Queer Visa. Um, a high we have touched on this a high level of workplace stress. And how, you know, whether it is the nitpicky boss or maybe it's the fast paced environment, the um, unrealistic deadlines or expectations on your deliverables or productivity. Uh-huh. Um, these are all major examples and signs that you need to um, foster a balance for yourself. Right. And you may not be in a position immediately to seek out a new position, um, but at least recognize the signs and create some some coping mechanisms for yourself. Um the last time we came together, we talked we spoke about, you know, some of the things in our environment that really can can serve and support us. Know what your supports are and and use them, access them. Use those PTO days. You know, schedule time off when you need to. Um and and sometimes you may need, need to just call out sick. Because you are mentally tired. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. It's called a mental health day. Go on, take one. Um, <laughs> and that goes right into no care for mental health and physical health. Um, you know, Aquia touched on the idea of patient on staff violence. I'll say, and and I've shared before, if you've listened to, you know, especially I think season one of the podcast, I've spoke, I spoke a lot about um, my background being in the behavioral health setting, which is more specifically um, state psychiatric hospitals. And the sad reality is that one of the biggest issues we had with violence was patient on staff assault particularly because the patient was just highly acute um, or actively psychotic and needed time to, you know, have the right um, treatment regimen titrated. But it doesn't it doesn't negate the trauma that, you know, that is experienced not only by by physically being attacked, but also witnessing it is is really, really unsettling. So um, so I'll pause there because say it again. Like, is it going to happen to me next, you know? And yes. To like the person who's witnessing the workplace toxicity, even if it's like in the office environment. Right. And I'm speaking to like two specific comments in the chat. And that's said, like, you know, it's the bystander effect where people witness bullying and look the other way. So there's that. And then he says like the quiet quitting can happen because people feel as though filing a complaint will only make things worse. Right. Because it means- yes. Sometimes that means, you know, 
the workplace toxicity has now, you know, kind of embedded itself in overall organizational culture. culture. Yeah. Yes. It undermines the teamwork, hampers collaboration and innovation. So at this point, it's like, well, if I say something, you know, I'm just going to be the next target on the block. My head's going to. Yes. Well, it's also called victim blaming for those who want to um, report it. So a lot of people choose where there are some who just choose to uh, just, you know, I'll let it go. Not that big of it. Not that big of a deal. Um, The quiet clinic. Yeah. in relation to, can I just go back to the, um, oh my, you, you guys are just in my lane today. <laughs> um, because I, I, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I teach this class in behavioral health facilities, you know, and um, there are a lot of component uh, components, uh, components to that. And um, uh, there is a story about uh, there was a nurse who said that um, she was she came in late to work and she told the other nurse, don't worry about out me report. And she went down the hallway to do her rounds and she was cold caught by a patient. She was caught in a corner somewhere. No mirrors, didn't let anyone know. And she was beat up. And um, and, uh, you know, she feels responsible for that. You know, she blames herself for being attacked and, you know, and while maybe you did not take the precautions and there's an account in that, but how could you know, you know, that anything like that could happen? But she's very um, obviously, I, I don't know the word that I want to use. Um, hi, I forgot the word that I want to use, but she's very aware of her. She's more uh, aware of her surroundings, but a lot of other nurses who witness it or experience as well, there's an angst that they have, you know, um, in, in that, in that specialty. Um, And I just wanted to share again, this is workplace violent type of workplace violence type two called customer client. Um, And type two violence is the most common in healthcare settings. Again, we're talking about healthcare settings and this can happen anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, this course considers a customer client relationship to include patients, their family members and visitors. Um, And research shows that uh, this type of violence occurs most frequently in emergency and psychiatric treatment settings, waiting rooms and geriatric settings, but is by no means limited, limited to these. So, um, and then if you don't mind me reading worker on worker, um, type three violence between coworkers is commonly referred to as lateral or horizontal violence. It includes bullying and frequent manifest as verbal and emotional abuse that is unfair, offensive, vindictive, or humiliating, though it can range all the way to homicide. Uh, worker on worker violence is often directed at persons viewed as being lower on the food chain, such as in a supervisor to supervisee or doctor to nurse, though incidents of peer to peer violence is also common. So all in the, under the umbrella of workplace toxicity. Yeah. And, and it all impacts, you know, stress levels, mental health, overall well-being. Um, also, I'm going to point out a comment we have in the chat. Naya says, depending on the situation and people involved, if you do speak up for yourself against toxicity, the reaction may be interpreted as one feeling threatened, changing the dynamic of the situation. 
Um, Maybe you can elaborate that on a little more. That sounds like you're talking about something specific. Well, so- I, you know, I think that I, I, I can see her point, but I also think that then is when you evaluate how you are responding. Are you being right. reactionary? Or, you know, are you responding in appropriate manner? Are you meeting energy with energy? Because right. if you are that same energy, yes. then, then maybe it can be perceived as feeling threatened and, you know, and someone can easily flip it on. You have to be careful, especially if mm. you are maybe considered lay or not in any lay member or lay staff and not um, in any, yeah. yeah. Right. right. So you do have to be mindful. And, and, and that goes to saying um, you, you even within within a, when it comes to resolve or conflict, you, you do have to evaluate and assess yourself. What are your values? What are your worldviews? How are you presenting? What is your verbiage? What is your tone? You know, evaluate yourself um, as well and not to take away um Although we have discussions about, I feel this way. I, you can't tell me how you feel. Yes, I can tell you how you feel, you know, but um, you do have to be really mindful of how you respond. Yeah, that, that I think that's um, going back to the emotional maturity part mm-hmm. of we were having, like acknowledge like what's going on with you before you respond. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I get it. Sometimes it's like, I can relate. Don't get it twisted. I'm with you. Like this is unacceptable and you're using everything within you, you know, you need to match the energy to back the person down. And so that we can now get on and let me match that energy. So we on the same level. And then right. we slowly come down. And you know, what's key <laughs> with, with that idea of matching energy is to be able to recognize the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So right. it's it's if you're if we're going to do it, right, and we're doing it from a, a place of objectivity, it's recognizing and 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 Ima Kuya touched on it. It's like, well, I see it because I've been it, I've done it, right? Mm-hmm. So when you recognize that spirit, then you know how to directly address it you know how to check it like she knew to wait to go in a corner and to say yo that was that was trash like what you did was was not right that was bad (laughs) um but also you know as i'm listening it like self-care having self-care practices um, and I know this is something that Ima Kuya has shared um, within our in the community of Anu, you know, working with essential oils and how that helps to just balance energy at times. Um, time management is also really important because there are certain components of our day that we can control. You know, it was a really unfortunate experience and story that you shared um, but oftentimes, and I'll acknowledge, I was definitely a, a chronic late arriver to work. <laughs> oh, you so bad. I mean, it is just, when I get there. But, <laughs> but, but that also can throw, that can create unnecessary angst, right? That can create unnecessary um, 
worry and fear about okay if my if my supervisor says oh i need to meet with you is like oh my god i didn't want to talk to me about my chronic lateness right. these are things that you can control but i think um the last tip that i want to leave you with um just for what we're talking about right now is you have to know your why know why you are showing up to work every day um i'll share a really quick story peace peace imanaya peace. um I remember that same supervisor who left, um, and then a new supervisor came in. You, you may want to mute out, um, and there's a little feedback. Thank you. Um, that a new supervisor came in, and he, he, I thought the woman was a fool. He was a straight fool, y'all. And he was definitely, he knew his job, but he didn't want to do it. And so I did it. Um, because I wanted this, it was quality management. I, I needed my hospitals to always be winning when it came to survey and compliance. Um, I reached out to that former supervisor. Yeah, we're going to win always. Um, <laughs> there was no failure. But anywho, um, I reached out to him because at that point he was more of a mentor. And I'll, sh and I'll tell you what he said. And, and he didn't say, know your why. He told me to go home and to print a photo of my family and to keep that photo at my desk. And, and in, in, in so many words, he was saying, know why you're there, no matter what's going on, know what you're there to do and why. Um, and, and I think that for anyone experiencing any sort of toxic workplace environment, and you may not see a way out at the moment, what you can hold on to are those self-care techniques and literally naming your why and keeping it with you so that you can remind yourself. So I just, you know, I like giving the, I like giving tips at all. Now I, I will that we write these things down. Well, <laughs> you know, as usual, when we, when the good way to go, we'll put everything in the description box. Um, and we encourage people to like, share, and subscribe. All right. So I do have, um, the story that talks about like the support, the, the same thing, like the subordinate superior transition and how that became toxic for this person who sent us in. And by the way, as always, if there's anything that you want to discuss, you can always email us at truehealthlive at gmail.com. That's where we take all of our stories. Like, so if you're, you know, you're uncomfortable with coming on live, you can always email us and we'll read it live. We'll read it on there. We're going to chop it up and discuss it. So, um, but you know, people who are on stage, they get first dips. So go ahead, Imanaya, you can uh, share. Uh, well, I'll put one in the chat. Um, I was just thinking back to different things I've observed and experienced. So my experience with the matching energy part, <laughs> um, short version, a non-melanated person was going around looking for something and basically touched my stuff. And didn't put it back the way that it was. <laughs> so I asked him, I was like, hey, um, can you put that back like the way it was before you, you know, did what you needed to do? They kept walking. So I said it again. Like, hey, just a little bit louder. Called him by his name. Kept walking, no acknowledgement whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> no problem. So I put my stuff back like it was. Continued on my work. I think it was maybe three strongs later. No emotional maturity whatsoever, but matching energy. I said, okay. <laughs> he walked over. And the environment that I worked in was really cold. So I had like a hood on. So like it was kind of like this. 
So the way I'm sitting, like I can see you because I can see you, but you don't know if I can really see you or not. And I had headphones in because I've had in headphones all the time, listening to music and podcasts while I work. So <laughs> he tried to get my attention and he called my name over and over and over and over again. I never moved. Straight face, doing my job. Straight face, doing my job. I never moved, never broke, never did anything. And he finally walked away. <laughs> and one of the um, my coworkers sent me a text and was like, he's gone. I knew he was gone, but I still wasn't going to move just in case you, you know, were standing close by waiting for me to respond to someone else. So when he completely left the room, <laughs> completely left the room, I turned around to acknowledge my coworker that attacked me. I said, yes. She was like, your silence was so freaking loud. Oh my gosh. Like he was standing there screaming your name. I said, I heard him. But you completely ignored me when I spoke to you in a kind tone. Like I wasn't even there. Like I'm not talking to you like I'm invisible. Let me still be invisible while you're trying to get my attention. So that was my experience. <laughs> Match your energy to protect. So that's all I wanted to share. But I um, I mean, I remember too, there was a non-melanated person that had a meeting with our supervisor. You could hear him upstairs yelling, yelling. And clearly that was acceptable. But then another woman that was melanated had a meeting with him and she came out upset, like visibly broken, ready, you know, almost ready to cry. Like, he was saying I was intimidating him and this, that, and the other. And I'm sitting here trying to keep my composure and not react. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's how I was saying, like, it just depends on who's reacting to it and how you're trying to react. Depending on that, that would like determine the response you get back. Mm -hmm. That leads me to, <clears throat> it makes me think of, um, you know, you always, um, we talk about professionalism, walking into the workplace professional, but maintaining dignity and respect for one another, you know? Um, and, you know, dignity is a sense of self-worth for yourself, you know, for yourself. And then respect is the, that individual um, honoring and recognizing the self-worth that you hold, you know? And if we maintain that, um, and use, you know, and, and walk in that and practice things like patience and being considerate, you know, um, and maybe even seeking understanding um, and even smile sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, those things can be very helpful to diffuse those types of situations. And a lot of times we can be prideful because or, or hold an offense because of some, you know, because how someone mistreated us, which is understandable, um, but to maintain um, a sense of morale in the workplace, we may have to be that better person and say, hey, go high. <laughs> yeah, don't go nasty. Don't go nasty. You know, but, you know, go high. Um, and those are things that I had to learn over the years, I'm not speaking on these things, um, you know, just because I had to learn yeah. those, I had to learn those things. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to, I think that's very important um, to understand that we don't have to um, always um, engage one another 
you know, the same or someone mistreats me, I'll mistreat them or I'll do the same. But, you know, seek some clarity, maybe give them some time. And, you know, or even when that individual, you know, spoke to you the next day was the, the, uh, the opportunity. Yeah. To, to say, Hey, you know, I, I, you know, I was trying to get your attention yesterday. What happened? I, you know, or whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, But it's, I would just say that's a, a perfect learning opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say like, the um like yeah because sometimes people make you want to match that energy Mm -hmm. um and at the times we have to realize like when the opportunity comes like when he came it was like hey you did this to me yesterday and I didn't appreciate it and just what you said I felt like I was being ignored I wasn't being seen and that's not how I want to be here because sometimes Mm -hmm. then you make it when you present someone with the truth in such a way it 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 makes them uncomfortable to the point where either they will deny and go into a hole or be forced to acknowledge what you're saying. But no matter what, it's been said and you state your position because um, what can happen and the other way is like, I'm going to leave because now you didn't answer me and maybe I don't even, I'm not even thinking about what happened yesterday or the three strongs or three weeks ago. You know, I'm just focused on what you did now. So this is going to be the genesis that I'm going to choose to acknowledge of whatever our issue is like, and not, and not recognizing that it actually stems from something before that because we stay silent. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things like when it comes to the toxicity, like, all right, what could we, can we do to shift how something plays out based on how we acknowledge the spirit in someone else and Mm -hmm. also ourselves? May I just add one more thing? Because I know you're shifting um, into self-care, but being, you know, that we are all in healthcare or moving towards that, uh, we also need to look um, and, and maintain, pay attention to the fact that we are there for um, giving a service um, and for patients. And if you maintain that, you know, those, you know, um, hostile or toxic environments, it's the patient that suffers, you know, and, and that is what we want to be mindful of. So, and, and it makes it harder for um, a fellow work coworker to ask someone when in need, you can have a patient circling the drain and you may want to overlook someone who you have a problem with and because, you know, because, you know, some issues that you have and the patient, you, you know, the, is missing out on the care that they need because you want to run to the other side or maybe wait for someone else to come. So we do have to maintain um, proper and professional uh, relationships. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give the highlights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. um, so this was shared with us from anonymous in New Jersey. And she says, well, he or she, (laughs) I know what the person is, but like, it's going to be anonymous to y'all, but anonymous from New Jersey. Um, My story of workplace toxicity involves a coworker being promoted um, and simply switching up within a few months, our, um, and with a few months, she fired um, people who were actually longstanding team members. They used to be friendly beforehand. Um, they were the, the, the firings were due to personal reasons that were misrepresented, 
and it made them seem like they were bad employees. Then two others left the job for other ventures, um, and three more, including me, are currently looking. So um, it seems like so, and I'm gonna stop there because this kind of goes into our, and it's it's very long. So um, um, and we're all we're like you know already nine oh nine. So um, or nine eleven. Oh, um, so, you know, the point is it, it goes into the idea of like, you know, when you're in a situation where everybody's friendly with one another and then um, someone is promoted and then things change. And sometimes that's because of uh, a lack of um, training. Right. So there needs to be and this comes from HR. There needs to be training to when someone is created, once someone comes in in a, in a managerial position, regardless of what level of manager, if you are in charge of managing staff and, other, and people other than yourself, there needs to be you know, management set in place. So if you're coming in with experience of managing other people, then that can be like, you know, this is the organizational culture that we have. And most jobs do have that. But, you know, if it's something that's specific for managers, then they can, you know, kind of get a sense of how the employees um, or lay staff, if you say, kind of like operate and move. If it is a person that is like coming in as a manager that's promoted, right, from within, then then there needs to be like some managerial training, especially if you've never held a management position before. And if not, because we understand like some of these things cost money. And if you're a small organization, then maybe one thing that you can have is like some level of mentorship. Right. So where a person is moving through the process, learning how to manage themselves and their own emotions and feelings and thoughts while they're managing their team, because it can be overwhelming to manage your own fears and anxieties about like, am I going to do a good job with all the things that are coming at you and your response may not match or it, it may be too may not match by being too extreme or not enough to whatever's coming your way. And then again, like as we were speaking before, we have to acknowledge how other people are going to actually receive whatever it is that we're saying. And then sometimes what happens is there's that back and forth where a situation becomes one thing where it didn't need to be because nobody's kind of monitoring their own emotions and like what's happening. They're not being cognizant or being present about what's happening or putting themselves in another one sh in another shoes. The other part is, Really having that, you know, candid conversation, it kind of goes to what you were saying, Ingrid Precious, about um, the, the look, this is what's coming down the pipeline. I, you know, I want us to be able to work together. You know, how many people actually have that discussion? And when you don't and something happens, maybe it's untoward, are you able to kind of pull that former, you know, friend who is now a subordinate aside and be able to say, listen, this, you know, I really didn't like that. I really would want you to support me and this, that, or the other. And if you're not able to do that and nobody communicates, then it just becomes something hostile and snowballs into something that it didn't need to be. So that's what it sounds like, you know, with this story here. Um, so yeah, like the, the, you know, not necessarily being able to respond appropriately yeah. to a Situation. Yeah, I, I I love the angles that you covered. Um, I, I, yeah, it was really comprehensive. Um, I think that as I was listening, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about it. I panned out, right? So it's like from the organizational perspective, there is value add 
right? Always. We're, we're always looking at the way that we can add value. There's always, <laughs> pardon me, there's always value add when you can do succession planning, right? That's number one. So by creating a system, not necessarily just when someone is being promoted or has been promoted to kind of say, hey, I'll link you with this mentor, but actually putting that in place in advance to to employees and, and available, right? Putting that in place in advance and making it available to employees who want to climb whatever the, the ladder is that your organization offers for them, right? Whatever their path is. Creating opportunities for that. One, it shows that you're invested. Two, it helps with succession planning because as other people leave or, to, or are promoted internally, you know, you have this funnel of well-equipped staff, right? Because it's, it's, it, it always feels great when you can see your colleague or see a peer promoted. I, I think I, I think it, it it's often encouraging because it's no, that, I, <laughs> right that's that's why I said I think like if you're if you're really you know supportive of seeing your peers and others grow um but I even thought of from a, a patient care perspective it helps to maintain that continuity of care if you're if we are cultivating an environment where Everyone understands the mission and the vision. Like in your in the story that was shared, um, the the I'll say not so anonymous anonymous story because you gave like breakdown. It was seven employees, three gone, one two minus yeah. six minus. So, <laughs> I'm like, if you could figure out the math and the locate. But that said, um, look at how many you know productive long-standing employees may have lost their job or lost interest in staying in positions within an organization that I'm sure needs those people, right? Because now, like, I mean, I think we discussed this maybe offline a while back, but onboarding costs, yes, we did. Because when you shared this with me, the first thing I thought about was from the executive level. I'm like, onboarding is so expensive. It is. <laughs> you get rid like, of people. Well, we can't afford to fire all these folks and rehire and retrain and get right. them benefits. That is costly. So even I would imagine so being on the other end of being the one <laughs> being onboarded, getting yes. paid to orientate, which is right. not like laborious at all. <laughs> well, it, it, background checks. None of those things. Uh-huh. Even marketing to promote the position, though, like it's very costly because the Uh time that the number one, once a person resigns, no matter how much notice they give, come on, it is what it is as far as the productivity, right? Because you're leaving, so so everything begins to plummet as far Mm -hmm. as the bottom line from that moment. So as I listened, I kind of just thought of it from those other perspectives. this was so good. I, I always feel like we could do a part two, but I know we have a lot more coming up in, in yeah. you know, for the rest of this month with um, mental do. health awareness. Yeah. Yeah, we do. But like, you know, we can always, I'm always open for a part two, especially if people like are sending in like, oh, I, remember, I heard you say this. Like we will definitely pull up a part two okay. if we get, you know, a lot of uh, requests to like talk mm-hmm. about it. And even still, and maybe I can share more of the story because there was a lot here. There's a lot of examples, but I wanted to give broad strokes. So I was like, and that was the first couple. Yeah. Of- 
Because I wanted to get more into the self-care that you were talking about and, you know, and making decisions to even stay in the work environment, but also discussing different types of, you know, um, self-care that you can do. Um, But I'll hold hold off. um, No, go ahead. Oh, no, you know, one of the, well, one of them was um, actually getting medical care if you need it, you know. Um, there are a lot of healthcare workers to include nurses that do not pay attention to what their body is telling them. And I've seen several nurses, women nurses, um, end up, you know, having hard days and going home and having strokes, you know, um, and they're not listening to the signs, little really faint signs that they may be having and they won't get get medical attention for themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, that was just one thing I wanted to to mention. Yeah, and we know that that's pervasive in the medical, like the health community. You have, I have been guilty of that. Like, you know, there's the talk about health and it's like, well, when was the last time that you, you, you saw? Yeah, me too. I'm guilty, guilty. Right? I'm guilty, so. So focused on everybody else. And everybody yes. Else. You don't take the time to focus on your own body. And then it comes back to that age old like, how are you going to love anybody else if you can't even love yourself? Or how are you going to take care of anybody else if you don't even take care of yourself? So like, from an empty cup. care of self means like removing myself from this environment if necessary. Sometimes it's like that. And, and, it, and it may be difficult because we even know now people are having a hard time finding positions. We, we fighting against robots now, right? You know, mm-hmm. like then we have to think about, okay, how can I shift myself to become useful someplace if I'm going to work for somebody else? Or what does that entrepreneur look like in me? You know, whatever it is that you need to do to, again, eliminate the toxicity or remove yourself, that's Yeah. Even listening to y'all sharing that part, it makes me think about the people um, I've heard that are afraid to take days off because they're scared they're going to lose their job. So, they have the anxiety even around caring for themselves because of the toxic environment. Yeah. Yeah. No problem doing that. Um, I I, I think that also, um, well, I I won't go there. I think, I think sometimes also, because I was going to say maybe it's with newer employees, but no, it's with people, you know, who've been in the, um, in, you know, whatever industry they're working in um, for years. Uh, but I just know that a lot of new nurses feel that way. But as you know, you become that veteran nurse and you, you know, like you choose your battle of taking the day off. Like this, this was, you know, this shift was hard. You will not be seeing me tomorrow. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I have done that. I have done that. I'm like, listen, don't, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. <laughs> Right. I need tomorrow, you know, I'll do that. If I need to, but I'm not, I'm not coming. I can't do it. But I was fortunate enough to be able to have and be working in an environment where I could do that. Not everybody is, I want to acknowledge, not everybody can do that. Right. And, and, you know, Ima Kuya, as you talk from the perspective of healthcare and particularly hospital setting, I just think about the shifts, right? And, and I kind of combined it with the idea of AI or, you know, competing against robots. But there are many positive attributes to having that 12-hour shift. 
But I will also say that there are lots of drawbacks Mm -hmm. Um, because number one, you're taxing your body in a very different way than you do when you work an eight hour shift, or even if you do a double, right. And you're doing two, eight hours, which is 16 hours. Um, it, it, there's a different sort of stressor on your body as opposed to doing particularly consecutive 12 hours. And I don't mean 24 hours. I mean, 12 on, 12 off. And then you come back the next day and then you do another 12 and you do that for three days. Right. Um, I've done 10 straight and that's illegal. That should never have happened. (laughs) No, no, I'm, I'm very serious. And I don't mean that you committed a crime. I mean, that the organization (laughs) didn't support you. Number one, being mentally clear, like we, and I'm sure you covered this. Um, but I would say that what what is it? A lack of sleep? Like if a if a healthcare provider doesn't get a proper eight hours of sleep, it's tantamount to having like three shots or something. So like mm-hmm. even from that perspective, how clear is any, not you, because I know you're on it, but how clear is any, you know, overworked healthcare provider when they I, are forced? And I do say I, forced because while we're talking about nurses and doctors and the like. I want, I I tend to like to acknowledge, you know, in in the behavioral health side of things, there are also the direct care staff, right? Mm -hmm. And those staff, Mm -hmm. um, at least I know in, in, in some states in the Northeast, those staff are mandated. They can be mandated, which means they have to work. They cannot Mm -hmm. go home. They are held, you know, at work, no matter what their work, what their home life obligations are. Mm -hmm. And in those instances, how productive can you be if you're truly tired or if you're truly stressed about um, childcare needs or childcare needs because you're now mandated at work? So, I mean, clearly I'm passionate about this. I want to, I want to also honor the time and like all of that. But there's so much to be said about just advocacy, being mm-hmm. informed, yes. like reading reading policies. You didn't have to read the whole manual. Yeah. Go in and read those workplace violence yes. and read those employee health policies and use yes. those services. Go to EAP if you need to. Come up with a self-care plan. Make sure you do have colleagues that you can just go and say, girl, I or whomever, 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 friends, whoever, I need to just go take a break. Like I need Mm -hmm. that moment. Um, And to those healthcare leaders, I'll say, create a loving and supportive and compassionate environment. If I know in one of my hospitals during COVID, we created a wellness center and a Zen room where there was a, a, a a massage chair and where there was a pool table and just giving the staff the opportunity to just say, it doesn't have to be a break. Just go take a minute. <laughs> go mm-hmm. take a minute yes. because we get to go home and maybe you cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much that we can do collectively. Yeah. And and some of the things are really, sometimes it's just a smile and greeting someone. Yes. Right? So yes. let's remember to do those things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, most most organizations, most workplaces, they do have, um, but like you said, like if your employees don't know about it or they're not aware of how it works, then it's not really useful. It's just kind of useless information sitting there. So like, yeah, while many may provide the resources for mental health support, 
um, you have to couple it with encouraging work life, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. supporting mm-hmm. an environment mm-hmm. because it really negatively, if you have a toxic environment, it can really negatively affect employees and seep into organizational culture. So addressing and preventing toxic behavior is one is essential for creating that positive and healthy workspace so that you can have that productivity instead of having people work illegally Mm -hmm. mandated to work. So you can have that, you know, uh, productivity, engagement, and overall job satisfaction. Because I, a lot of times, question those annual surveys. Mm -hmm. uh, Such and such is the best place to work. And you come, you get to a place, and you find out, like, what Mm -hmm. is Mm-hmm. is going on over here. Everybody's mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I tell the truth. You know, um, here in California, it's mandated to take the course. And what I would like to even say for for those who are mandated to take certain courses um, as it relates to um, workplace hostility, um, to to take the class, the course seriously and apply it. Don't, don't look at it as, oh, I'm just, I'm just meeting a requirement, but you know, you, there are a lot of useful tools um, in the booklets that are given to you or, you know, um, whatever pamphlets you have um, and and apply them, utilize them um, because that is you, you know, changing the culture if the culture is toxic. Yeah. So that's what needs to happen. The culture needs to be changed. And if the culture can't change, then you have to change. And, mm-hmm. and or you have to leave. Like mm-hmm. that's the reality of of what what you have to do to maintain your own mental well being and, and sanity quite Yes. Well. This you was know? good. Thanks. Okay. Good thanks. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Naya. I know she had to head out. Thank you, Imanaya, for joining us. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for sending in the stories. You know, I, w- I wanted to get to more of it, but like we were having such a good conversation over here. So I was like, I'm just going to share the, the first part of this story and like we'll address some of those things. But, um, you know, we can definitely have a part two. Um, I feel like most of the, the topics we had so far this season probably need a part two, especially the ones that's like, you have lives supposed to be an hour, you know? So like the ones that go over, I'm like, all right, we, we, I'm making mar- marks and notes on our, you know, schedule. Like, okay, what needs a part two? So we'll definitely be back with some part two for things um, that kind of got a lot of um, buzz and things like that. So we will definitely, as always, put all of the, the hot mentions and the resources that were mentioned during the podcast into the description box. Make sure you visit divasully.com and you can also download and subscribe, um, download the podcast or subscribe to any of your favorite podcast channels and you'll find us there. So whether it's Pandora, Spotify, um, give me some more. Apple, iTunes, um, podcasts, uh, Amazon, we everywhere. Yes. <laughs> We're everywhere. So make sure you just subscribe. You can go to the website and subscribe through there um, and find whichever channel that you want to, um, whichever channel you prefer. Uh, With that being said, again, make sure you visit Amazon.com and pick up the scriptural guide to overcoming the seven ailments, as well as visit DeidreSully.com and download your free ebook, The 10 Points in Focus. You guys are inspiring. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Writing books. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you. Why, well, thank you. Listen, we're trying to be entrepreneurs over here. So yeah. Workplace toxicity. Yes. Workplace toxicity. That's the oxymoron for me. It's like, <laughs> we do that. We do 
that, we take a hard moonwalk back from mm-hmm. these toxicity. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. And we will see you in two weeks. I think that's going to be June 6th. We will see you on June 6th for oh. our 41st show. Oh, today was our 40th show. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you for 41 or 5. I'll come to our Truth and Power show. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's see what that one's going to be about. <laughs> so we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us. Peace. Peace, everyone. Peace. Thank you for joining us here at True Health Live. Remember to like, save, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment and send an email if there's a topic if you want to discuss. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at True Health Live. You can also listen on DeidreSully.com. If there's a topic you'd like to discuss or hear, you can send an email to TrueHealthLive at gmail.com. See you next time.